Today, we're having a look at the past seven days, the upcoming seven days. Uh, a few names on our list today, Marcus Smart, Devin Vassell, Isaiah Hartenstein, TJ McConnell. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. Act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been bad. We know if you program to bring you a live broadcast from the ones to bump and now resurrect that lost heart. Don't you feel it? Brego. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I'm Adam King at AdamKing91 on Twitter uh, is where you can find me. FBIBasketball.com is our website. Um, all of our stuff's there, all of our shows, all of our content, access to our leagues, access to Discord. Uh, this is our Friday show, uh, so we're, we're just having a look at what's been happening in the league the last few days and how that might translate to fantasy for the upcoming week or so. Uh, last week, I believe I had Dan Titus. This week, a new guest, someone who hasn't been on this show before, Kayla Fonte. Let's bring Kayla in now. Kayla is a basketball department manager for Last Word on Sport and the co-host of the Between Two Hoops podcast, which I was on two days, three days ago, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, Kayla, thanks for squeezing me in and, and jumping on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm very excited for this episode. Uh, now, as I said, first time coming on the show, so a lot of the listeners, a lot of the viewers might not be familiar with who you are yet and, and where you fit in the fantasy basketball landscape. So the floor is yours if you want to give us a bit of a breakdown of, of who you are and what you do and, and your story, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. So really quickly, I started getting into fantasy hoops about last year. And since then, it's just the rush of every game and all the points and everything like that really just got me hooked on it. So this year, I started writing about it and focusing on it for Twitter. Um, I'm also a department manager uh, for basketball at Last Word on Sports. And even after that, too, I started a show with my co-host NBA Fantasy Bible called Between Two Hoops, and where we just talk about fantasy and it my career has really just taken off from there, and it's great to be noticed and invited on onto, onto all these shows. It's been great so far. No, that's all right. I mean, you, I think you'll discover pretty quickly the fantasy basketball community in terms of analysts uh, are all like they go out of their way to mm. to help people. It, it's not a, a sort of a situation where we're competing against each other. Um, if I need anyone on my show, I can reach out to a, sort of one of about 20 or 30 people, and, and they usually – I can find one who's happy to jump on. And um, so, yeah, it, it is a very giving community. Um, mm -hmm. And I've, I I mean, in Australia, being in Australia, I'm not sort of well-versed in the fantasy football space, but I do hear that it's a little bit more cutthroat in that in that area where, where analysts are sort of competing against each other to try and be top dog and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case here with fantasy basketball. So, yeah. Um, and and I guess, I mean, I won't. We won't go into too much detail because we've got basketball to talk about. But mm -hmm. is so is is working in the basketball space? Is is that your full time job? Like, is this what you do, or do you do something else? And this is more of a hobby. So for me, it is. It, it, this is a hobby that sort of went too far. Um, 
but I do also have another job that I have to do. So, so how is it sort of situated for you in your life? Yeah, so it's a little bit tricky right now. So I'm actually in my last semester at university where I'm pursuing a journalism degree. And okay. my goal is to be in the sports world. So focusing on basketball. Um, the re main reason I went into fantasy is because I really just fell into love with it. And then also at Last Word on Sports, we had to choose a specialty. So I decided to go with that one and kind of get some money for it too while I was there. Yeah. But hopefully, like my options are still open. Is yeah. anything with basketball and hopefully that would be fantasy. Um, even NBA rumors is another specialty that I'm exploring. So something in those two areas. Yeah, and there are plenty of rumors um, mm -hmm. every day in the NBA. So, uh, no, look, it's good. And, I mean, doing journalism, obviously, that that's all sort of gearing you towards this um, a career in mm -hmm. whether it's fantasy basketball, but even just anything in sports I think would be awesome. Uh, if I, if, I mean, I'm lucky. I love my full-time job that I do, but if I wasn't doing that, I, I would love to be able to do uh, – <laughs> basketball or, or fantasy sports or sports full-time for sure it's um, amazing it's, it is we're very lucky um so i sent you a list of names um mm -hmm. so as i said this is a pretty relaxed kind of show like we just chat about some topics and and uh that's why well the first name on this list is why i don't send the list through too early because i woke up this morning to news that marcus smart uh, is going to be out for potentially six weeks. I was hoping it was only like a two-game. <laughs> there was really no indication from the team that this was serious until mm -hmm. until they said it was serious. Um, it's frustrating for me because I've got him in a lot of fantasy teams. And he just come back and then I thought, okay, Jar's out now. He's going to be awesome for the rest of the season. And obviously that's not the case. So... What are we doing with with uh, Marcus Smart? Because I've already had people message me and say, "Do I drop him? Do I hold him? Uh, what are your thoughts on on him moving forward?" So Marcus Smart is actually someone I said who you should drop early on in the season, and this was when Ja Morant was on the verge of returning. And in some degree, I will say I was a little bit right there. <laughs> um, but now it just—I think the Grizzlies are in a very tough spot, and the biggest issue is that they're probably out of playoff contention right now. Mm. They're not going to make a deep run. So it really depends on what they do with their star players. Um, not that Marcus Smart is necessarily one of their stars, but I don't think that they're going to be in any rush to return him. And the initial timeline that we received of six weeks could likely extend beyond that. Um, at the end of the day, I think if you have that extra IL or IR spot, keep them stashed there. But if you don't and you're looking at the long term for your fantasy team, I think he is worth a drop. Yeah, look, it's it's tough. I'm having a look at my rosters today and I'm going to mm -hmm. see where I can maybe keep him. But the six-week timeline takes us sort of to the back end of the All-Star break. Um, and a lot of fantasy leagues will probably be entering their playoffs by then. So if you can stash him in an IR spot so that you have him for the playoffs, then it's worth considering. But, of course, as we always say, you have to make the playoffs first. So mm -hmm. you might need that spot in two weeks for someone else. Um, so it's I'm probably going to drop him, I think, in, in a few leagues just because I'm not comfortable enough in those leagues <laughs> to be able to sort of just use the guys I've got and and risk injury to other players. So... 
yeah, look, I think he's probably a drop in a lot of spots. Um, yeah. On the, I guess, looking at the Grizzlies now as a whole, are we? Is there anyone we're going to grab? Um, I mean, we we got a we got a pretty good look at what this team looked like without Marcus Smart and Jar Morant um, before Jar came back because Marcus Smart was out with an ankle injury. The probably the biggest difference now is Bismack Biombo is gone mm-hmm. and Luke Kennard is healthy. So they're probably the two um, notable or, or pieces of information that have changed. Is there anyone that you're prioritising now that Smart is out um, for fantasy, like across any position? Um, not really so much, but if I had to say one name, probably Vince Williams. Um, he was inserted into the starting lineup pretty recently too, and he was pretty solid um, from a points perspective. I'm not sure how useful he was in categories. I think he was, though. Um but usually I don't really stream anyone from the Grizzlies. They're not a high-priority team for me, No. Um, especially because I already have Desmond Bain. So I'm pretty much set there. I know his usage, his impact is going to increase. But if I had to say someone, Vince Williams. Yeah, I think Williams is still probably the priority. Maybe Luke Kennard if you need some threes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's sort of what he does. He, he might get uh, he might get a small bump in, in terms of playmaking. I'm just pulling up his numbers here because I woke up at about 5 o'clock or 5 a.m. this morning, um, just so I could check waivers and news before the that early game tipped off, the, the Paris mm-hmm. game. Um, and so I was looking at Luke Kennard's box scores while I was half asleep, uh, and he has had four, three, and four assists in the last three games. So it is something that we saw from him when he was in Detroit to start his career. He, he, was, he was an okay playmaker. Uh, so he'd probably be the only other one that I'd consider uh, Vince Williams and then Luke Kennard, mm-hmm. um, mainly for threes, but maybe some assists as well. Um, but as you said, yeah, I don't think the the Grizzlies are in a position now where they're going to push too hard uh, to to make the playoffs or anything like that, which probably, I don't know, it might impact Brandon Clark coming back. So there, mm-hmm. there was word that he could potentially be back before the end of the season, but maybe they hold him out now, given that, there's no sort of reason to risk him and, and push him to, to come back too early. So, um, all right, who else did we have in my list here? Uh, we had Marcus Smart, Devin Vassell. Uh, mm-hmm. So someone that I was – well, actually a lot of fantasy analysts were reasonably high on him coming into the season. He's been uh, underwhelming, I would say, uh, for the majority of the season. He's been okay, but – um, nothing special. He's what 62nd in category leagues in nine category leagues. Um, for the season over the last two weeks, he's a top 20 player, so mm-hmm. he's looked a lot better. Uh, he scored double digits in eight straight games, at least 20 in five of those. Uh, the steals are up, he's got at least a steal in all eight games as well, multiple steals in five. Uh, so it does appear as though he's figured things out. And I think the move by the Spurs, they've moved Kelvin Johnson away from him. So to the bench, I think has helped him. Um, what are your thoughts, I guess, moving forward on Devin Vassell? Because he was he was someone, as I said, I was pretty high on him. I saw him as a top 50 player this season. And mm. um, do you think that what we've seen from him in the last two weeks is sustainable or is this more of an outlier 
I think this is something that is sustainable. I feel like the um, the Spurs spent a lot of time trying to figure out lineups, as we've seen with the whole Trey Jones and the point guard situation. Um, I think now that they're realizing that he's producing at a very high rate and great level, they're going to continue to use him properly, hopefully. Um, but this is also an opportunity to sell high on him, if that's mm. something that you wanted to do. If you're concerned about how his minutes, his production will look for the rest of the season, this is the time to trade him off and try and get something even better in return. Yeah, I think it's the same worry that we've got with Wembenyama and and the Spurs are, are obviously not going to make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. there there might come a time when, um, yeah, when, when they do decide, like we saw last season where Vassell is playing every second game or they come up with an injury. or um, So there is that risk. So if you wanted to sell him off now, uh, it would be a good time. I'd probably wouldn't give him up for anything less than a top top 40 player. Um, I know you're more of a points league mm-hmm. um, sort of specialist, but I know he has value across both formats. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, he's probably – I wonder what his points rankings are. Do you have points rankings up in front of you or anything like that? I, I don't. Let me see if you can pull it up. Uh, I can check for my fantasy league. Uh Load up. Okay. Uh, okay. So not quite as much value in points leagues as category leagues, yeah. and I mean part of that is the steal um, and, and his percentages. Um, so in a in a points league, maybe you're looking at, at trading him away for a top fifty player. I would say so. Maybe even his ranking is pretty low. Right now, it's it's lower than I thought it would be, but mm. yeah, I would say top sixty fifty around there. Yeah, would be um, getting your money's worth. Uh, all right. Now, on the flip side, a player that has looked pretty bad, um, mm. much to I guess the surprise of, of many, uh, is Steph Curry. The Warriors as a whole have, have been pretty bad the, <laughs> this season, um, and especially over the last few weeks. So Steph Curry. I think we're sort of, I mean, I've tweeted about this and and he's he just hasn't looked himself consistently and I'm sort of waiting for that that game where he everything clicks and he just he goes off and scores 50 points and hits 11 threes. It just hasn't come yet, though. He, he's He's had some better games, but then he's had some really bad games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had two games, I believe, in the last month where he failed to hit a three-pointer. And if I mean that's that's unheard of for Steph Curry yep. to not hit a three pointer in a game. Um, so are we are we seeing are we seeing a decline in Steph Curry or is this a little bit of um, just a flow on from the fact that the Warriors are struggling? Maybe his motivation has dropped a little bit. Uh, maybe his frustration has increased a bit. So is this something that we need to be worried about or or do we think he'll get things back on track at some point? I honestly think that this is something that we do need to be worried about. I have a feeling that it's the beginning of a decline and it's not going to be a super steep decline where we start seeing horrible numbers across the board. Yes, he's been inconsistent this year, but that's also due to a variety of factors. We have the Chris Paul trade, um, age, suspensions. Uh, I feel like they're just not clicking. The chemistry mm. isn't there, as we've seen with Jonathan Kaminga and Steve Kerr. 
there's a lot of factors at play right now. And a lot of players on the Warriors have been underperforming. So it's not just all on him. Um, even his points, his rebounds, assists, those averages are all pretty down compared to last season. But I feel like a lot of what's going to happen going forward is going to be dependent on this trade deadline and what the Warriors do. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation because, I mean, you think of Steph Curry as this elite shooter who who sort of goes at nearly 50% despite being a guard and shooting so many threes. But his percentages are down. Uh, the assists are down by, well, a significant amount, I would say. This I think about down, two. Yeah, almost two. Um, Three-pointers are still sort of hovering around that four and a half to five. Yeah. He's sort of that, – that's never going to go away. Um, and – it's, I mean, if we think back, because people that are sort of saying, well, the, the Warriors, they're a spent force and this is impacting Curry and, and we haven't seen this from the Warriors. A couple of years ago, they were pretty bad. Um, that's why they got the James Wiseman pick, which shouldn't have been the James Wiseman pick in hindsight. But mm -hmm. they were bad the year before that, but Curry was injured. So he's not used to playing on, he hasn't played on a losing team mm -hmm. for what, 10, 12 years? I don't know how long it's been, but a this while. is a new experience for him. <laughs> um, and so I think mentally it's got to be impacting him um, on the court and he's probably feeling a lot of pressure. Clay Thompson is, oh, I mean, he's not washed, but he's certainly <laughs> not the player that he was before his injuries. Um, Draymond Green has been... AWOL basically with, with his um, on-court antics and then the suspension and Kavon Looney has sort of turned into a nothing. Um, I think just as the league as a whole uh, progresses and moves more towards floor spacing and stretch fives, that sort of thing, players like Kavon Looney might be left behind a little bit. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I just think that they're in an interesting spot. Um, it, it's going to be Curious to see what they do over the next 12 months, whether they do tear it down and, and try to sort of give Steph one last run at a title or do they let him go? Or Because I don't think with the squad they've got, they can't compete for a championship. Yeah, um, definitely. So if they were to tear it down, they would have to look at moving Draymond Green and probably moving Clay Thompson. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird situation, but... As you said, I, I think it is something to worry about. He, he's older. Um, I don't think he's getting back to being a first-round player. Uh, no, second this, or third, I season. think. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say next year he'll probably go sort of in that 15 to 20 range. Yeah. Because um, obviously his, his three-pointers are a difference maker. He, he's the only guy in the league that can hit five threes um, per game. And, and as I said, that that's going to stick around. Yeah. Um, all right, who do we have after Steph Curry? Oh, yeah, a good player. Isaiah Hartenstein. So someone uh, who a lot of fantasy analysts have just been waiting and waiting for him to get significant minutes consistently uh, on a Knicks team where, where Tom Thibodeau seemed to be doing everything to not give him minutes, um, bringing in Taj Gibson, starting Jericho Sims. But I think we're finally there. I think they've realised that Isaiah Hartenstein is actually a good player. You can run the offense through him. He's not an elite defender like Mitch Robinson, in, just in terms of his rim protection. But 
if you look at his uh, defensive numbers for this, well, this season, but especially over the last month, uh, he's at 1.5 steals and 1.7 blocks. And and that's elite production in, in terms of fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you sort of see him, like what, what we're seeing from him? I, I don't think Mitch Robinson is coming back anytime soon. Uh, I don't think he'll be back for the All-Star break. So... What do you think? What Hartenstein is doing? What the Knicks are doing? Is the, is this sustainable? And because people are sort of messaging me and saying, "Do I sell him now? Is do I need to get rid of him, um, or can he keep producing at top fifty, top forty value?" I think he can keep it up. So far, like his ability to adjust into that starting role um, from the get go has just been incredible, and there hasn't been a single game where I've been disappointed with his performance. He might not be able to give you those high stock numbers every night, but in the long term, it's definitely worth it. And like you said, Mitch Robinson, I don't think he's going to return anytime soon. I know there was reports that he could potentially make a return late in the regular season or by the time of the playoffs, but by then he's not going to play significant minutes or even get back that starting role. Mm. So there's really no point unless you want to sell high on him and try and get um, even more bang for your buck. But I would rather just stick with him. Yeah, I think, uh, as I said, I th- I think if you wanted to move off him, you'd be looking to get a top 30, top 40 player mm-hmm. back. But given you've probably got nothing invested in him, you probably picked him up off the waiver wire, you might as well just hold him and, and keep going with, with what he's doing because he's not relying on scoring. He's not a big scorer. He'll get you eight points, maybe 10 points. But his rebound numbers have been insane. Uh, he's had, let's see, 14, 19, and 20 rebounds in three of the past four games. Uh, he's And in those four games, he's got 10 blocks and nine steals. So he's, he's doing plenty. Um, he can get you some assists. Doesn't hit threes, of course, but he doesn't take threes. And, mm-hmm. and his free throws aren't terrible. I, I wouldn't say he's a, he's a good free throw shooter, but he's not going to burn you in that category either because he's he's fairly low volume um, and he'll usually hit sort of 60 to 70% from the free throw line. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's just – it's great that we're seeing him finally realising some of that potential um, and it, it will be interesting because the Knicks, since the OG trade, are, are undefeated. They look really good. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Knicks do when Mitch Robinson comes back and whether they – I don't know, because they, I think Hartenstein has proved that he can be a starting caliber center in the mm-hmm. NBA. So do they just continue – do they go back to what they were doing, playing Hartenstein 18 minutes a night? Do they look to trade him and get something back and, and let him sort of free him, I suppose, or, or do they lean on him a bit more over Mitch Robinson? I don't know. It's going to be um, interesting if, if Robinson does come back at some point before the playoffs. Um, all right. So the next guy I had, I believe, was TJ McConnell. Uh, now he was a pretty hot topic in the last mm-hmm. uh four <laughs> or five days since uh the Tyrese Halliburton injury. Everyone ran to the waiver wire. Um, I know in one of my leagues, which is the, the industry pickup league, which is an analyst uh driven league, one of the so Mike Barner from Rotowire, he picked up uh. TJ McConnell for $353 um, 
of our one thousand dollar budget. So oh, wow, that he he went hard, and I don't know if it was on your show. It was on our show anyway. We were talking about TJ McConnell and the Pacers, and I said, mm-hmm. I said just just be aware that McConnell is probably not going to start. I think they'll start Nembhard, which they did, but McConnell still gave you. What do you have, 12 points or 14 points? But I know he had eight assists. Yeah, 14 points, eight assists, two steals, and I think a couple of threes with that too. Yeah, and that's what, if you picked him up, that's what you picked him up for. It was assists and steals. He's pretty efficient for a guard. He only really takes the shots he knows he can make. He's not out there sort of firing away from all over the court. So the minutes were a little bit underwhelming. I think he only played about 21 or 22. Um I'd prefer to see that up at around 25, 26, but mm-hmm. it, this was one game. So we we don't know whether they will sort of alternate a little bit between him and Andrew Nembhard, depending on the matchup. Um, but I think if you picked up McConnell, you have to be happy with what we've seen in the one game. And uh, we talked a little bit about this injury. It's a two-week re-evaluation period, but I think you're probably going to get three to four weeks of value out of McConnell. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? I would agree with that too. I don't think they're going to rush Halliburton back. And then again, there's no guarantee that he is going to return after those two weeks. It's just a reevaluation, And mm. usually those take a little bit longer than reported. Yeah. And we know like hamstring injuries are tricky. Um, the amount of times we see guys come back from too early from a, a hamstring or a groin or a calf, and then mm-hmm. they re-injure it or they tweak it and they're out for another two weeks. Um, Yep. Pacers would be very familiar with this, having had <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon on their team for a couple of years. He, he's sort of the poster boy for soft tissue injuries. Um, so they'll be aware that that this is not something they need to push. Um, so I think if you did pick up TJ McConnell, I'd be, I'd be pretty confident we're going to get value out of him. Um, and based on what we saw from in their game last night, is there anyone else? We sort of had that hierarchy of, of pickups as mm-hmm. McConnell... Uh, Matherin, Nemhard, Neesmith, maybe. Did you see anyone else sort of anyone else sort of put their hand up to to be a, a fantasy asset moving forward? Not really, to be honest with you. And like you said, that hierarchy is exactly what I would rank mine as. McConnell is someone who I picked up almost immediately after I found out about Halliburton, and he rewarded me um, yeah. last game too. So he's definitely the number one pick. Um, outside of th- th- that guy, though. Everyone else, they kind of underwhelmed a little bit, at least in uh, my points leagues when I was looking at their stats. They only got, I think, about between 10 and 20 fantasy Mm. points, especially Matherin, too. It was a little bit surprising considering he's been on that hot streak and he's going to be receiving those increased minutes, but he would still be my second pick for a streamer. Yeah, Matherin is a bit hot and cold. That's been his issue across his career. I mean, it's it's not a long career yet, but that's been his problem. Um, yeah, look, I think probably the only other name I would I would consider, and I, and I only because I wrote his player blurb last night, if you're in deeper leagues and probably more so in points leagues, but deeper leagues, um, Jordan Nwora, if he can get minutes, uh, he played 18 minutes, I think, last night, he can score in a, in a hurry. So if if there's some blowouts or they, they just need some scoring off the bench, if Jordan Nwora sort of plays 22, 24 minutes, he could get 15 to 18 points um, in that time. He doesn't do much else, but um, we saw last season, I believe, with the Pacers, um, he had a really good stretch of games when the Pacers didn't really care 
and and they were just rolling Nwora out there. So he's someone just to monitor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying go and pick him up, but just keep an eye on what his role looks like. Uh, the last guy I had on the list here is Cam Whitmore, um, who has been playing really well and, and coming off a career-high 33 minutes uh, against the Bulls last night. He scored in double digits in five straight games, despite only playing about 15 to 16 minutes in most of those games. Tari Eason uh, doesn't have a timetable for his return. There's no indication that this is a long-term thing, but the Rockets are sort of being forced to play Whitmore, and I think they're realising what they've got. Um, I think when they they draft, because they got him late in drafts. They did. He dropped, I think, because of his injury concerns. Yeah, so... I think when he was drafted, a lot of us were, were pretty surprised how far he fell and, and sort mm-hmm. of thought the Rockets got a nice, a really nice bargain here late in the draft, and and we're seeing why now. Um, he's got at least a steal in five straight games, uh, multiple steals in three of those. He's been relatively efficient. He's good from the free throw line. Um, so, look, I think – I guess the question here is, are we adding him in standard leagues? And – do we think his role sticks even once Tari Eason comes back? Um, oof. Tough to say. I think um, answering your second question first, I think that it's going to be hard for him to receive those solid minutes just because of how many mouths there are to feed on the Rockets right now. There's two key players out, so that's why he's receiving those minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something that's likely to stick, though. That's the only thing. I think that if there's injuries, he's someone who will receive those minutes. But it's just, it's very um, hard to predict right now. But I think now would be the time to buy Whitmore just because he is receiving those consistent minutes and he's giving you points, threes, steals, solid efficiency, um, and rebounds. But he's not my first streamer pick. I think there's some better options out there. Yeah, I think if... Yeah, pick him up, add him, see what happens. Um, in deeper leagues, I would definitely do it in 12s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe consider it. Um, but I think one thing we've seen, um, we obviously haven't seen a lot of him, but one thing we have seen is that he can score the basketball um, mm-hmm. because he, in I said, with his double-digit scoring uh, in five straight, he's actually scored double digits in seven of the last eight. Um, and, and his minutes, again, have been around that 15-minute mark. So... So he has no issues, a little not not like or um, TJ McConnell. He he will go out and he will shoot the ball and he'll try to score and and so yeah, look, grab him, see what happens, uh, ride this out. You mentioned better waiver targets for you. Who who might some of those be? Honestly, TJ McConnell is the main <laughs> wingman right now. I think he's still under sixty percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. So if he's available, I would grab him. Um, even yep. Vince Williams, too, I think is another player who's going to be receiving a lot of quality minutes. Those are my two targets right now. Yep, yep, yeah. And and Vince Williams is still available even in a couple of my leagues, which mm-hmm. are a pretty competitive leagues. So, um, yeah, they're, they're certainly named. There's, there's plenty of streaming out there at the moment. Oh, yeah. So um, I think that's the end of my list. Let me check. Yeah, it is. Pretty good. We got through everyone. Mm-hmm. Um Anything else, like any any other news, anything I often miss news because I'm doing other things while this is happening. Um, I know the 
The Nets uh, were pretty ordinary against the Cavs uh, in the early game today. Um, yeah, I mean, any other news and any other players that you're keeping an eye on, anything at all? That's actually what I was going to mention too, the Nets game. I actually have Cam Johnson in one of my leagues and not impressed today. I'm, I'm monitoring that whole team though for streaming options just because of the whole injury situation with Ben Simmons. Um, there was someone else who's injured. I think it was Sharp. So I'm kind of yep. looking, keeping an eye on those minutes, but I feel like they're all very inconsistent streamers. Yeah, they were... I know they were. They only scored thirty-seven points, I think, in the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, reading through the box score, and then I've read a few things. I think Spencer Dinwiddie was was sick uh, coming into the game. He did play, but only played fifteen, sixteen minutes. So, if you have Dinwiddie, which I do in a couple of leagues, I'm going to give him a pass here because he was sick. <laughs> but he hasn't been good anyway. So. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith also only played 14 minutes because he was sick. So it's almost – this is sort of one of those games, I think, if you've got any nets, guys, you just have to move on, just forget it, Mm -hmm. sort of pretend it didn't happen. Probably the interesting uh, point to come out of this game was Cam Thomas um, had 26 points come and and he'd been really bad. I picked him up in a league and he had nine points in 15 minutes, so I dropped him. Probably should have held him in hindsight, but – Points leagues, I know Cam Thomas would would have a lot more value than in category leagues. Uh, Is he someone, because in category leagues, we've been telling people that you can just drop him and move on because he doesn't do enough. Are you holding him in points leagues? So I actually did have him in my points leagues um, a couple of weeks ago, but I dropped him pretty fast. Um, Like you said, he does have more value in points league just because he's a pretty one-dimensional player. He'll give you points and threes every so often. So that brings up his value. He's not someone that I would say is a must-rostered player unless you're in a really deep league. I think that if there's a better option on the waiver wire, I would drop him and pick him up. Uh, and lucky I stretched it out another 30 seconds because we've just a tweet has just come out that said LaMelo Ball could return tomorrow for the Hornets, which oh. I'm very happy about because I've had him in an <laughs> IR spot for six weeks. Um, so that's good news if you've got... Lamelo, hopefully he can come back and actually stay healthy. Those ankles have, have been a a bit of a trend um, over the last couple of years. So with him back, the question that we're going to get is what do we do with Terry Rozier? Do we sell him now or do we hold him? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't think anyone's going to give you a top 30 player for Terry Rozier, so I'd be holding. But, I mean, what do you think? I honestly would hold too, especially if people already know this news. They're going to know that his usage, his production is going to drop. I think I would rather just ride it out and see what happens. I think that would be the safest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'd be doing as well. Um Because, as you said, most, most managers who are still active at this time of the year are going to be pretty knowledgeable and they'll know that Lamelo is coming back and the impact. So, uh, yeah, I would just be holding Rosier. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to work. I'm going to let you probably have some dinner, I guess. Or yep. Have, it's have dinner time over here. <laughs> yep. Um, so before I let you go, I mean, let people know where they can find you and where they can find your work and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. So for my work, it's lastwordonsports.com. You can find me in the basketball section and on Twitter, you can find me at Kayla underscore Fonte. And that's also where you can find NBA Fantasy Bible and our show Between Two Hoops. 
Yep, great. So thanks for coming on. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, we're up to six weekly shows now, so we're closing in on seven. Um, we are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, of course, if you could give us a thumbs up and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, until next time, catch up. All right. Thanks for having me. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.